The football pod on OTB Sports. I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. What? Breaking news here on the football pod. The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Andy Mitten is with us. Uh, Andy, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Um, how do you think I am? I don't know. I, I, like, are, you, are you angry? Are, so we, we were talking earlier on, the seven stages of grief is this kind of, um, you know, well-worn path. It seemed like uh, Roy Keane had moved beyond that to a new eighth phase, which we don't even know how to talk about it. it he's he's, he's uh, new territory, uncharted waters. Yeah, I, I tweeted before the game yesterday that I'd never felt less optimistic going to Anfield um, ahead of a Liverpool-United game since 1990 and a game which Liverpool won, won 4-0. United didn't actually play badly in that 4-0 defeat in September 1990. And I think what most United fans took that day was that the away end was loud. I can't even take either of those positives from... Last night, United played um, atrociously and a large number of Manchester United fans left the game before before the end. It was a, a sorry, sad evening in the history of Manchester United. It wasn't entirely unexpected. Uh, the team have been as bad as Liverpool have been good and any idea of uh, a new untried formation coming off uh, went after four or five minutes when Liverpool scored and went ahead and, and never looked back. Uh, the first 20 minutes was was awful for, for Manchester United. Uh, asking players to play in that untried formation was a big ask. It, it didn't come off. The players didn't play well. And there's a lot of disappointment around that ground last night. And again, it wasn't a surprise. Liverpool won 5-0 at Old Trafford earlier on in the season. They've got an exceptional team. They could win the league, they could win the cup, they could win two cups, they could win win three cups. So it goes from bad to worse for, for Manchester United, who will appoint a new manager imminently. And there will be some optimism around that because um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't working. Ralph Ragnick has not worked. And new signings will come in in, in the summer. But United are, are so far behind the leading teams at the moment that I think patience uh, will be required. And all this is played under a cloud of the Glazer ownership, which continues to be very unpopular among Manchester United fans. That's why you saw protests at the weekend before the the Norwich City game. And uh, the games are played by a team with one of the highest wage bills in world football. So the players are failing. A lot of it is on them as well. Uh, And on the managers and somehow Manchester United are in a fight for top four. This, This team looks so far off the elite level. At the moment, there were some mitigating factors. Uh, a lot of players were missing, be it on compassionate grounds, but because of injury. Some of them were always missing. Some of them were always missing on the pitch. And uh, yeah, it was it was a bad night. Going back to Manchester after the game, the motorway was closed at one point, and he's just thinking, can, can this get any worse? So it was. Um, I remember coming back from Anfield in 1992, uh, again on a coach. Um, Liverpool had effectively stopped United winning the league and and thinking it, it can't get worse than this. And within a year, Manchester United were, were champions again for the first time in 26 years. But that United team was ascendant, um, missed out on the league 
that year, 1992, Liverpool were in decline. It's nothing like that now. Um, United are all over the place at the moment. And to put a figure on it, Raniuk went with six years at least to catch up to Liverpool. So over the course of that six-year plan, assuming it starts in August, how many of last night's players, players who played, started, who came on, would you like to see kicking off that six-year plan? Well, he's not implementing that six-year plan. That's just his estimation. Mm. Um, I don't have everything that he says and take it literally. He knows far more about football than I do. I expected him to be a lot better as a manager than he had been. I'd be very disappointed with Ralph Rangnick's interim term as Manchester United manager. But the general point that Manchester United need a lot of change is definitely true. But it's always true. Every single manager comes in and says exactly the same thing. Get rid of the deadwood, bring in the new players, um, cultural reboot from the side of the club. This is a cycle which didn't start and end last night. And this is a cycle which has been happening since since 2013. But from the evidence that we're seeing, you'd think that very, very few of them have got a future at Manchester United. The reality is you, you cannot change a team um, immediately. The majority will be at Manchester United next season. But I think if you're losing three, four, five of those players this summer, or players who are in the squad, some of them are out of contract, some of them are going to be, going to be let go, some of them have chosen not to stay. And then bringing in um, new players, signing new players, a factor of which will be if Manchester United play Champions League football next year, maybe promoting one or two. Um, bring James Garner back on loan from Nottingham Forest. He's a promising young player. But I won't be expecting any miracles next season. It is, it is a, a long, slow, steady climb from here it can only be a climb though if everybody at the club is aligned behind what they're trying to achieve and there's no more random signings of big names or uh, players who are suddenly available and it also can only be achieved if the dressing room is harmonious and I'm just not sure that there's been that understanding in the past where uh, players come in on big wages that seem to upset what the equilibrium of a dressing room should be where you were getting rewarded for um, a any kind of run of form with a new contract and then the players were on such big contracts that the only way to get rid of them was to sell them and then nobody would sign them because they were on such big contracts and it's this vicious circle that like this isn't after timing there's Manchester United fans I know who when Alexis Sanchez was getting his big deal was like this isn't really the way that you run a football club in the long term because it means that everybody expects to be paid the same and he has to be an absolute global superstar to justify the salary but then all the young players benchmark themselves against him. And so the wage inflation in the dressing room is crazy. And all of a sudden, you're so goalkeepers on 125 grand a week. And it's like, what happened here? Yeah, and the rest. Um, you're absolutely uh, right. Unfortunately, every single one of those signings was cheered in by the fans, including me for most of them. So the fans are falling for this hook, line and sinker. I remember when Alexis Sanchez signed for Manchester United. Fans hope that these players will give a glimpse of a, a brighter future. That doesn't happen. The recruitment has been atrocious. The approach has been scattergun. Names have been coming in, and you sort of wonder with the benefit of hindsight, why Bayern Munich let Bastian Schweinsteiger go? Because they knew that he wasn't as key to them as he had been. And United shouldn't be somewhere where uh, big name players go and pick up their final big name salary and that, that's what's happened and there's always two sides to this a year ago Edinson Cavani who's one of those players was playing well and scoring well he's barely been available this season he's, this season has been a complete flop for him 
I don't think he wakes up in the morning and says, I, I want to be injured. I don't want to play football. I just don't believe that. But United are signing players um, who are getting injured. Maybe that's because they're too old. And when you can't select four or five of your better players, and there are, uh, of course, other circumstances, Mason Greenwood's uh, circumstances have been well documented as to why he can't play. It just all adds up to a very sorry season for Manchester United. You talked about unity. There isn't any unity among the fans. The fans hate each other. There isn't unity in the dressing room either. Um, you're getting briefs, leaks, counter-briefs, counter-leaks. And this is something that the new manager has got to try and get to grip with in a culture which will be alien for him. He's got an extremely difficult job. Any human would have an extremely difficult job. So while Ten Hag's um, arrival will be greeted with optimism, like every arrival is greeted with optimism, um, I, I don't think he alone is a, is a panacea. Got issues with the ownership, which remain very unpopular uh, with fans and the recruitment. There'll be more changes. Absolutely, there will be more changes at, at United. Um, the best case scenario is that the bar is so low at the moment, United can't get any worse. Well, they could, they could go down. That's happened before. Uh, and uh, with those very talented, technically good players, United are able to overcome a Norwich City at Old Trafford because you've got Cristiano Ronaldo who's got the ability to to do that. But the team lacks complete coherent structure, identifiable style of play. When you watch Liverpool, you see that this is Jurgen Klopp's team. You say the same about Pep Guardiola. You say the same about Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. When you watch Manchester United, you absolutely cannot say that. Um, Ralph Rangnick came in for the first hour against Crystal Palace. Okay, this is different. This is what he's trying to do. And then that went by the wayside, as so often the best intentions do with Manchester United. Uh, you said that the fans hate each other. How do you yeah. mean? What's the, 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 the sticking points at the moment? M- Manchester United's fan base is thousands of groups of mates who all think they're right and they find consensus among themselves. But the demographic is is so wide that what works for one set of mates is very, very different than what works for another set of friends. So you've got the match-going fans, and there are big divisions there. You've got the global fan base. You've got fans who are addicted to transfers. Most of them are young. Most of them are, are online, don't go to matches. You've got fans who think you have to protest. Fans who go to the game who think, who are people who don't go to the games telling me what I should or should not be be doing. So it's a very fractured fan base and victories cover um, a lot a lot of sins on the on behalf of the owners. And and when the team are losing and playing badly like they are now, all attention rises to the top. Online it's completely toxic. The quickest way to a click is hatred and that's exploited. Uh, by, by some fans in terms of uh, inflaming tensions, the anonymity online, that only adds to the toxicity online as well. And I can remember 2012-13, United drawing a game and fans being furious in a season when the team won the league. You can imagine what it's like now when the team are, are losing regularly, going out of all the cup competitions at Old Trafford. So actually when you go to matches, the atmosphere's all right. The fans are still pretty supportive. In the real world, online, it, it, is, a, it is a complete mess. Um, 
and the fans are at each other's throat. This is the mood music uh, which greets the arrival of the, the new manager. A, a comment in from Dahio Shocknessy. He says, the importance of Michael Edwards in superbly managing transfers at Liverpool has been pivotal to their success. United's transfer management has been a catastrophe. They need an equivalent to Edwards. So the people who appointed the new manager are we think heavily involved in the recruitment and he will have an influence in the recruitment. So it's not a million miles away from the Liverpool model or or is it? What do you know about that and how will that work? I saw a line in the last couple of days that Eric Ten Hag will have the final say on who comes in and that he's this all-conquering human who will actually spearhead uh, recruitment from that respect. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had the final say. The manager at Manchester United always has the final say. But the point about recruitment is, is true. Too many of the players who come into Manchester United have failed, hasn't worked. Uh, huge amounts have been spent. Um, United, as you said earlier, end up with players who earn so, so much money that no rival clubs can afford to take them. So they end up stockpiling players who are at the top of the, the wage tree, if not the success tree, and it's very difficult to get rid of them unless you pay a huge percentage of their wages uh, to get rid of them and to move them on from, from Manchester United. The recruitment has got to be smarter rather than those ageing names, those big names with a cynical, sceptical view, names who are going to sell, sell shirts. Uh, United should be signing players who win football matches and win trophies when the collective is big enough. And Nemanja Vidic said to me a couple of weeks ago, it's too much about the individual at the moment. There's not enough about the collective, the, the great team spirit which he had when, when he played for a long time. And some of those Liverpool players, I remember when Liverpool signed Virgil van Dijk and laughing because he'd spent so much on a Southampton defender. Liverpool were right, I was wrong. And they've done that several times. They've brought players in um, who've done really, really well for Liverpool. I think you've got to look at Liverpool's model as being an example now for Manchester United because United are not state-funded. They don't have an oligarch putting money in or used to put money in. United uh, self-generate their own money. Yes, the club are hindered with the um, debts that have been put onto the club by the Glazers in that highly leveraged buyout. But United have still spent a lot of money on players, far more than Liverpool. But look at the success of the two teams. Klopp is clearly a big part of it. He's got a very strong identity, both in the way that his teams play football, both in his old charisma. He's got a fan base that's really brought into him as well. And United just don't. So Eric Ten Hag's got to come in. That's going to be really difficult for him. I, I've done a lot of research into him. I spoke to a lot of people in professional football in Holland about him. They speak really well of him as a coach. He's an exceptional coach. More issues around his communication skills. So he's going to need the charisma to lead the dressing room, but also to um, to get the fans on side and to get everything working. And it, it's a huge, huge ask. And you're speaking to me now, I think at the lowest point, because I think things can only get better. But actually, things can actually get worse. Well, I, I think they will get better because Ranić is obviously has and was clearly an interim manager. They said it when he arrived, despite the bit where, oh, maybe they'll offer me the job. That never really rang true. And it looks like the players knew that from the start. So you would assume that a manager will come in and 
put some order on things. Plus, there are, there's a group of those players who are actually out of contract, so he won't have to deal with that many disaffected players, and he'll have to give opportunity to some other players. You know, they won't resign Matic. Mata will be gone. Lingard will be gone, and a few others will go as well automatically. And that that if they just replace those with younger players who are a little bit hungrier, who are not paid as much, then and who do what the manager wants them to do, they'll have a style of play, they'll have a pre-season. That should automatically reach them to the fringes of the top four and an identity. And that's the beginning of things, right? Yeah, it is. And that's an idealised situation. And if you would have spoke to me at the end of November, the idealised situation would have been Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's failing because he's not tactically proficient. And if you bring someone in, someone like Ralph Rangnick, who's a tactician he can get a better chord out of these players. Football doesn't work like these idealised situations. Young players can come in and be completely daunted by Manchester United. We've seen that several times. Memphis Dubai came in with a fantastic CV. Didn't work out for him. Um, There's been a lot of examples of that, or players needing time to settle. Jadon Sancho has improved, but he had a really bad uh, first half of the the season. But I I take your point, and, and I am an optimist, and a manager who comes in and will actually have money to spend is not being asked to reach the European Cup final on a relative shoestring like Pochettino did at Tottenham, for example. Um, the new manager will be able to sign players. The, the wage bill will remain very, very high. Old Trafford is still full every week and fans are allowed back in to fill Old Trafford. Um, so if, if a good, competent manager gets to grips with this, then United should absolutely improve. But I think it will take time and it will need patience from a fan base which is very patient inside the ground, online less so. The the overreaction when Manchester United don't win a game is ridiculous. But United have courted this fan base. In many ways, you reap what you sow. Well, let me let me put this to you, because that's come in from a comment on, on um, watching this morning from Michael, who says, United sold its soul when the Glazers took over. Year by year, its character and identity has been commodified and sold off for short-term profit. The brand manager and marketing department steers the ship. It's a, view, it's a viewpoint that's popular, but I'm not sure it's accurate. I think it's far more nuanced than that. It's just that they've had the wrong people in charge of football for too long who didn't fully understand what they were trying to do. They had, they, you know, when David Gill left, they never replaced his talent in the executive side. And it's, it's easy to trace it to the end of the Ferguson era. But equally, there was nobody there who was like, well, what's best for the football that's going to generate the profit in the future? All those other departments are actually working really well. That if you just had somebody who knew what they were doing on the football side, no one would have too much of a problem with the fact that they were selling subscriptions and uh, um, you know monetizing as much as they possibly could. Yeah, you, you, many elements of the club are run well, especially compared to other clubs. And I don't just watch and cover Manchester United. I've seen Barcelona implode and sort of right themselves in quite a, a, a quick period of time. But Manchester United is a very different um, construct. You said the, the first point of the question was United sold their soul with the Glazers. The fans didn't sell the soul. The fans didn't want that takeover to go through. That was a highly leveraged buyout, which should never have been allowed to happen by the British government. And it was allowed to happen. And it shouldn't have been allowed to have happened. And it, it's happened at other clubs in British football, not to the same degree, 
not to the same level of audacity that the Glazers did. And that takeover remains hugely unpopular among United fans. But your other point is true. A lot of money has been spent and been spent really badly. The fans certainly aren't um, looking for, for sponsors, but they don't have an issue with sponsorship if that means the money is going into bringing in top, top players. Um, and I think that's actually true. The, the, the money which United generate commercially helps United have one of the biggest wage bills, which in theory should lead to success and, and hasn't done. Um, and the point about someone with a, a football brain, yeah, you're right. Although there's actually a lot of people there with really good football CVs working within the football side of the club. But I sense that it's too bloated at times. The structure is a mishmash of layers which have been added and added by various managers bringing in their own people and saying, this guy's good, we should employ him. And that's not working either. So someone with the, the authority, the autonomy, like Michael Edwards had, you know, fans would look at that and think, yeah, that's what we need at Manchester United. There are people with decision-making powers now. John Mert is a director of football. Ralph Rangnick's appointment was on him. The next appointment will be on him as well. And he'll be judged by that. If the Ten Hag comes in and is a failure, that will reflect badly on the man who gave him um, the, the job. Darren Fletcher um, interviewed the, the prospective managers as he did with the interim managers as well. And again, that's on him too. He's a very bright lad. Criticism I hear is that these are people who are effectively learning on the job and Manchester United should be bringing in best in class, more experienced people. And I, I, I take that point as well. We're looking for everything through such a negative prism at the moment because the results have been so bad and criticism is swirling around. And I understand why it is. Yeah. And it should be. I stood in that away in the Anfield last night. It was absolutely horrendous. And I expected it to be horrendous at, at Anfield last night. And to compound it all, United's two biggest rivals, City and Liverpool, are winning absolutely everything. I can't even believe I'm saying this sometimes when I, when I say it. But that, that's where we are at the moment. And it's a, these are really grim times for, for United. Well, thanks for uh, for sharing them with us this morning, Andy. I know it's never easy, but um, it's always great to talk to you. And uh, hopefully at some point in the near future, we'll get to talk to you after some big wins for you. Thanks a million. Thank you. That's uh, Andy Mitten there. You can read his stuff in United We Stand and, of course, in The Athletic and uh, elsewhere as well. Uh, here's more from Vinnie Parth alongside Stephen Doyle after last night's game, lamenting the fact that Manchester United's players simply lacked effort against Liverpool. And just on the players, if you're Rangnick looking at their performance tonight, we did see some running for them from them. But overall, are you kind of looking at those players thinking, you're not giving me 100% here? Yeah, as a manager, you, you, you're down. Um, there should be no need for team talks and nights like Liverpool against Manchester United. As I said, it's one of the most famous games in the history of, 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 of football. Um, it was just a lack of effort. Yes, the manager set the players up wrong, has to take responsibility for that. But, you know, just Jesse Lingard, outstanding player at West Ham, came on early, got a chance, just just didn't try a leg. Mm. Rashford was completely isolated. I would have some sympathy for him, but again, he's got to do better. And Jordan Sancho came on and, you know, just his execution a couple of crosses just weren't good enough and then you've got to say people like Matic isn't good enough anymore mm. um, so you would really fear for that team Dallo had one of the wor- he, he, he had a the proverbial murder tonight he was he was shocking so 
Um, yes, injuries haven't helped, but that, that dressing room need to have a long, hard look at themselves. And um, Liverpool were so comfortable. Yeah, I think um, if you go back and look at the Liverpool team the day that they played their first game under Klopp, Mignolet, Klein, Skirtle, Sacco, Moreno, Leva, Chan, Lalana, Coutinho, Milner and Origi. Uh, obviously Origi and Milner are still there, um, but other than that, I'm fairly sure Henderson was unavailable, not fit or whatever, but uh, you know, it's possible that you can turn things around relatively quickly. So, OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 